0: Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic.
1: Hello, my name is Natalie Salvatore. I'm a registered nurse at the Cleveland Clinic and the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute.
0: Natalie, thank you for having me. My name is um, Dr. Dennis Burma. I'm a staff cardiologist in the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute, and I direct the Center for Cardiometabolic Health at Cleveland Clinic.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to talk a little bit today. I know there are new guidelines out for managing diabetes and heart health. Can you explain a little bit about some of these guideline updates?
0: Absolutely, Natalie. So the American Diabetes Association publishes actually every year updated treatment recommendations, the so-called standard of care for the management of diabetes and associated complications. These are updated annually, and the summer follows actually a new update, and this January comes the 2023 guidelines, of which I'm involved in some of the development in these guidelines, and they are important because they look at the current evidence that's all the trials, all the new findings that have come in over the year. And then based on this new evidence, actually revise the guidelines to provide treatment recommendations, which are the standards we would call them, sort of what treatment of care is expected for what kind of patients in which stage and which complication of diabetes that patient may be in.
1: Can you talk a little bit about any of um, the specific updates or highlights through the updates?
0: So when we talk, and I'm, you know, I I will focus on the cardiovascular aspect of these guidelines because they're so important um, in terms of patients having ultimately cardiovascular disease as a complication of diabetes. Um, And... Looking at the risk factors that lead to adverse cardiovascular outcomes in patients with both type 1 and type 2 diabetes, these risk factors are A, very common, B, frequently insufficiently treated, and C, now we have revised them, actually, to um, look again at some of the earlier evidence on our treatment or on our guideline committee and say what are important changes that we would like to make. The first change is related to the blood pressure treatment target that has been lowered from systolics 140 over 90 previously to now 130 over 80 millimeter mercury. So that is the new blood pressure treatment recommended target for patients with diabetes. So that is certainly lower and that target is based on review of previous evidence, a new trial that was published within the past year. And we believe that this is um, a very appropriate recommendation. Um, If blood pressure can be safely achieved at 130 over 80 millimeter mercury, that is a recommended treatment goal. So that's one change. The second change that we have made um, is for the treatment of hypercholesterolemia mostly LDL cholesterol target and um, statin treatment and non-statin treatment recommendations for um, dyslipidemia in the patient with type 2 diabetes. Now, cholesterol elevation plays a major role in the development and progression of cardiovascular disease, obviously, in patients with diabetes. So, we have lowered the treatment recommendation. Um, We have, what I think, simplified it because now... The LDL cholesterol goal for a patient with diabetes without overt cardiovascular disease, but additional risk factors, the LDL should be less than 70 milligrams per deciliter. And that is based on the fact that we haven't really ever achieved a lower threshold for LDL cholesterol lowering at which there's no benefit. Patients with diabetes do um, confer obviously increased cardiovascular risk, and the patient with diabetes has about equal this risk as a patient who had a previous history of myocardial infarction, and for those patients, the goal is less than 70, so we've set the goal similar. So, for a patient without cardiovascular disease, a diagnosis of diabetes and additional risk factors, the LDL cholesterol goal is less than 70 milligrams per deciliter. That is a new recommendation. The second new recommendation for LDL cholesterol relates to those patients who have a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes and have now established cardiovascular disease. For those patients, the committee recommends recommends an LDL cholesterol target of less than 55 milligrams per deciliter. And that evidence comes from three main areas of research, the so-called PCSK9 inhibitor trials the combination statin and azetamide combination trials, which have clearly shown that patients with diabetes and established cardiovascular disease benefit most from more aggressive LDL cholesterol lowering. And that target is less than 55 milligrams per deciliter. Now, if a patient is treated with statin as a primary treatment approach for LDL cholesterol Um, lowering therapy and cannot achieve that goal, um, we recommend additional treatment with non-statin therapy, PCSK9 inhibitor um, therapy, or azetamide addition therapy to achieve those targets. So, those are the risk factor-related changes for blood pressure and hypercholesterolemia. We have also revised some of the treatment recommendation for the type 2 diabetes aspect and the treatment because there are new medications which are beneficial for patients with type 2 diabetes. So, um, in patients with um, type 2 diabetes and established cardiovascular disease or cardiovascular risk factors or diabetic kidney disease or established heart failure, we recommend the class of SGLT2 inhibitors as primary treatment recommendation. If a patient has diabetes and established cardiovascular disease, we can combine those with, um, for example, GLP-1 receptor agonist therapy. So those two classes of medications are the primary um, classes of medications that we recommend depending again on whether a patient has cardiovascular disease, diabetic kidney disease, or heart failure, but those would be the primary two um, treatment approaches, and that this recommendation is irrespective of whether a patient patient is already receiving metformin. So, this was quite a bit of information. Um, I encourage the listener to review those guidelines, which come out, and um, um, focus on the cardiovascular um, aspect if you're a cardiologist or interested in in cardiovascular outcomes, and those guidelines as they relate to cardiovascular disease.
1: Now, how many, or what percentage of our patients would you say are meeting these guidelines?
0: That's a a very good question, um, with a um, pretty grim answer. Um, Currently, if we look at the treatment targets for cholesterol, blood pressure, Hemoglobin A1C, not smoking. Those are the main risk factors for heart disease. If you look at what percentage of patients with diabetes meet those treatment recommendations, it's actually just about less than 20%. So the vast majority of patients need help, okay, because they're, for, for a number of reasons, okay, there's a number of barriers we can go all in detail. Um, but the vast majority of patients is not treated to go. And um, if we then add in the recommended medical treatment, for example, with ACE inhibitor or angiotensin receptor blockers in patients with diabetic kidney disease, you add in, the aforementioned SGLT2 inhibitors or GLP-1 receptor agonists, as proven cardiovascular beneficial medications which are recommended. So now we add to the A1C, the LDL, the blood pressure, the smoking. We add those medication classes which are proven beneficial. Um, It's actually about 5% of patients which meet the treatment recommendations. For targets, and which meet the treatment recommendations for ACE inhibitor, ARP-3 treatment, statin treatment, SGLT2 inhibitor treatment, GLP-1 receptor agonist treatment. So it's actually a vast minority of patients. So there's a lot of um, opportunity and a lot of care that we need to expand to the broader community of patients with diabetes.
1: And what would you say are some of the strategies that we're implementing to try and improve the number of patients who are going to be meeting those guidelines?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, it's the, the the most important evidence that we have to make an impact on cardiovascular risk reduction in patients with diabetes is trying to provide a comprehensive approach. To the care, meaning treating for high blood sugar, the hemoglobin A1C, treating for hypertension, blood pressure, treating for LDL cholesterol, goal, and using medications with proven cardiovascular benefit. And this is sort of a comprehensive program. And I think when um, providers see a patient with diabetes, this is the question you need to ask yourself every single time what's the A1C, what's the LDL, what's the blood pressure, is the patient on the right medications. And this has been proven in clinical trials that this provides the best outcome for the patient. So, a comprehensive approach looking at all the risk factors and um, managing all the risk factors. Now, this is sometimes obviously difficult. There are a number of barriers uh, wherever we try to look. There's patient barriers, there's barriers on physician, there's healthcare cost barriers, there's access to healthcare, So, but that's a completely different question um, that goes beyond what we're going to discuss. But I think um, certainly every provider seeing patients with diabetes can try to look at those and say, okay, this is where we are. And if a patient needs additional help, can refer the patient to endocrinology or to us or to cardiology with, with whom we collaborate and manage comprehensively these risk factors in our section.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to review those guidelines and go over all of the updates and recommendations with us.
0: Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.